In today's rapidly changing world, we all have questions and we all want answers. It's on this program that we get our answers from the Word of God. It's time for another episode of A Relevant Word with longtime pastor and best-selling author, Carl Gallup. This is A Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops of the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in the Pensacola, Florida area. Good morning, Carl. Well, good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me on again. I enjoy this. We know that uh, Jesus taught in very mysterious ways from time to time. Yeah. And he used lots of objects to explain what people needed to hear so they could understand. And today, he's going to use a fig tree. Yeah. Which is not, not something that you would think that Jesus would use to uh, to teach a lesson, but yeah, it's the mystery of the fig tree. Yeah, it is the mystery of the fig tree, the parable of the fig tree, teaching of the fig tree, uh, the lesson of the fig tree. Uh, I, I, I've seen people approach this from different ways, but listen, I, I'm I'm just going to tell you, the listener, um, the truth today, and I'm going to tell you the mystery. Now, listen, it's not that I'm the right one or the only one or the all wise one. It's just it's what God's word says, and when you put the pieces together, you have it. That's why this show's called a relevant word from the word of God, uh, because I, I I want you to know what it says, but then I want you to hear the majestic, undeniable. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Relevancy to the understanding of this, all right? So when Jesus speaks about the fig tree as a sign, he says, learn this lesson of the fig tree. These things will not happen. I mean, all all of these things will happen before that generation goes away. When you see the fig tree, and I'm going to use our word, when you see it bloom. But he goes into more detail. He talks about when you see the summer leaves come out, it blooms in the spring. But when the summer leaves come out, then you know that it's, you know, that it's in summer and then it's in full bloom. Then the fruit comes. And he says, so he he says, so it'll be like that. He says, when you see these things happening, that generation will not pass away until all of these things happen. All right, now, what are these things, and where is this in the Scriptures? Well, it's in Matthew 24. Jesus and his disciples are sitting on the top of the Mount of Olives just a few days before that um, Jesus will go into the city. And uh, he's already been there one day, but he will go back, and then they will come back out. They will go to the uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane, and then he will go to the trial before Caiaphas and then to the cross. So it's just very soon before the cross. So they're out there that evening. They're sitting up on the Mount of Olives, which is the highest overlook in the whole city of Jerusalem. It's a couple hundred feet higher than the uh, than any of the other three mountain heads there, Ophel, Zion, um, Moriah. It's a couple of hundred feet higher, so they can look down over it. If you've ever been to Israel, you've seen, you've been on top of the Mount of Olives at the overlook looking down on the Temple Mount. So you you know about where it happened. And they're up there, and the disciples say to Jesus, look how beautiful these, the buildings are and the temple and all of that. And, and, and then Jesus, instead of agreeing with them, said, yeah, it's so gorgeous. This is amazing. This is just, no. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left upon another before long. How devastating that was to them. They were floored. And, and so then they asked him, said, well, wait, 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 what are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? I said, well, when will that happen? And then in their minds, I think, and most scholars believe that they equated that with his coming again, with a return, with a kingdom, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how he taught us to pray. They thought it would be uh, equivalent to that, consistent with that, concurrent with that. And so they said, well, t- tell us when will that happen and what will be the signs of your coming? 
because they just thought it all went together. But it didn't. That's not what he was talking about. So what Jesus said was he begins, he never answers their question about the temple. Now, the temple would be destroyed in 70 A.D., a little less than 40 years after he'd go to the cross and be resurrected from the dead and the church would be born. But he didn't want them to be worried about that or thinking about that or freaking out about that. Just life had to go on and they had to get busy with building the church and preaching the gospel. So he didn't even answer that. He just went straight into their second part of the question, what will be the signs of your coming? And most people recognize these main points where he said, well, look, there'll be wars and rumors of wars and kingdoms against kingdoms and nations against nations. That's that's a, a good teaching we could do sometime. A lot of people think that he was speaking of the generation of world wars because the way those words are worded in the Greek, it doesn't mean just things are going to go on as normal and, and you know the nations will be in uproar. But he's talking about in the last days, the whole planet covered in almost 200 nations and kingdoms and king, against kingdoms and nations against nations will be rising up in those days. Well, that's happened in our lifetime, brother. World War One, World War Two. looks like we might be on the verge of World War Three as we're doing this show today. So who knows? But, but then he goes on, and he talks about how the gospel is going to be being preached in the whole planet. That's in uh, Matthew 24, verse 14. Well, well, he was looking into the last days. He was looking at our technology. We're, we're preaching the gospel 24-7. This show is a part of that. We do the show. It goes out over the radio. It goes out over live stream. It's embedded on websites. And then it's archived. And then it's on podcasting. And people for 24-7 can listen to this show all over the world. Never before our generation has that happened. Yet Jesus prophesied about it in Matthew 24. And you keep moving through, and it goes on. It talks about false prophets here and there and false messiahs here and there. And then it talks about the time of the of the abomination that causes desolation, uh, standing in the holy place. And a lot of people think, of course, that has something to do with the Antichrist. It comes right out of Daniel. And he keeps moving through. He even quotes from Daniel 12 in a few places. But then he finishes by saying, but immediately after the tribulation of those days, the Son of Man will call to, to his angels in heaven with a loud shout and at, at a trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from one corner of the other to one corner of the earth to the other. And so then you get the understanding, okay, we're now at the end. I mean, God's people have been taken out. Now comes the great judgment of God. Okay. But after all of that, Kevin and listener, after all of that, here's what he says. He says, now learn the lesson of the fig tree. And this is what I love teaching people. He says, so when you see it put forth its shoots, then you know it's early spring. And you know that that is beginning to happen. Then he, he keeps talking. He talks about then in the summer. You know it's summer when the leaves are fully out and the fruit is fully ripened and it's ready. And then he says, I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass away until all of these things come to pass. All right, now stop for a moment. He's just talked about the fig tree and he says, learn this lesson And then he says, this generation, what generation? The generation that sees the fig tree bloom, because that's what he says, when you see the fig tree bloom. Okay, but but wait, what what does that mean? What's the fig tree? What's he talking about? And then he says, will not pass away until all these things happen. What these things? Everything he's just said. Wars and rumors of wars and nations and kingdoms and and, and false prophets, yet the gospel's going 24-7 with technology like the world has never seen and on and on and on. So, wow, that kind of brings it into our day, but it's still this mystery of the fig tree. What's he talking about? And here's what freaks people out when they finally see it, Kevin. When he says, learn the lesson of the fig tree, immediately their minds went to something that I promise you they had been talking about all day while they were in Jerusalem, the disciples had. Carl, what in the world are you talking about? 
three chapters before in chapter 21 of Matthew. Now, in chapter 24 is where they ask him the questions, and it's nighttime, and they're up on the Mount of Olives, and they're talking about the temple, and then what are the signs of your coming, and he goes through that. Then he gives the lesson, learn the lesson of the fig tree. Why would he say that? Because it was fresh in their minds. They had been talking about it all day. They had to have been. When I describe this to you, Kevin, tell me if you don't think they were talking about it all day long. In 21, chapter 21, it begins that day. And it it gives the events of that day and some teachings he did and things that happened. But they were on their way into Jerusalem early that morning. And they passed by a fig tree. And the fig tree, Jesus went up to it. And it's it's still early spring. And he goes up to it. And there are little fruit on there. I, I forgot there's a word in Hebrew for it. Um, and, and people that raise fig trees know what I'm talking about. It's a little, it's like a little bud, but it's the fig that's turning into a bud. And those are edible and they're quite nice, but not like the full thing. I love fresh figs off a of fig tree. I love them. But that happens later on in the summer, July or so around our, our, our area of the world. But he went to the tree and there were not even any little buds that were edible on it. So here's what we now know. The disciples didn't know it at the time. Jesus knew. He used the fig tree as a parable because, of course, he knew he would ask them about the last days as, he, as they heard him preach and teach in the temple courts all day long. So the Bible says he turned to the fig tree, and the older translations say he cursed it. Now, that's, you know, in our language, that would mean he used some nasty words. No, 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 no. It means he, he, he put judgment on it. He spoke a word of judgment over that tree and he says, never more, ever more will you put out fruit, uh, you know, die and wither on the vine, etc. So he speaks that judgment. And right before their eyes, Kevin, the Bible says, they watched the tree shrivel up and die. Now, my brother and my listener friend, brother and sister out there, listen to me. If that had been you, I know if it had been me, and I watched a man speak to a tree, and watch that tree die before my eyes, wither over and die at his words, that would have freaked me out. I would have been asking that question again. The disciples ask, who is this guy? (laughs) I mean, he calms the winds and the waves. He speaks to a fig tree and it dies. He calls judgment down on it. And so they saw that, and obviously they were saying, teacher, what did you just do? How did you do that? What does this mean? He probably just looked at him and smiled and said, follow me. We got, a, we got a long day, boys. And they went on in. Well, so they get to the temple courts. The people mob them. They, they start doing miracles. They start healing people. Jesus is preaching and teaching. Later that night, they would come back up on the mountainside. But the whole day, don't you know, Kevin? Don't you know, listener? I mean, just be honest. Wouldn't you be talking about that with the other disciples? That's not just some magic trick. That's just not some vision or your eyes. you got to rub your eyes because you've misseen something. You have just watched a man speak and kill a tree. Not something that you would forget anytime soon. No, no, you would. You would be talking about it all day, and I'm sure they were all all had their theories, and you know, and well, surely he's man. Surely he is Messiah. Surely he's he's that's the power of heaven. Look what God has done. Look what he's, he can speak. And 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 I'm also thinking that probably they were thinking, wow, what a what a great political military leader this guy's going to be. I mean, he can heal the sick, he can drive out demons, he can speak to trees and they die, he can take a few loaves of bread and a few fish and turn it into baskets, he can feed everybody, he can heal everybody, everybody on his army, 
They don't have to worry about starving. They don't have to worry about getting wounded. Uh, he'll just speak and heal them. They don't have to worry about trees being in the way. He'll just kill them. I mean, you know, I know they were thinking about these things. And with that kind of power, we could rule the world, you know. So anyway, that night, they come back up, and they're sitting there, and they ask the question. And when we come back, I'll get to the depths of it. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. For more on Pastor Carl or to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. This is a relevant word with Pastor Carl Gallops. Now, Pastor, we know what he said about the fig tree, the sign yep. of the fig tree. Yep. He said, yep. you, you, we know what he said about the fig tree. Now, what does it all mean? Yeah. It, well, and that's the most important thing. It, what, what did it mean to them? What was he trying to say? What could they have conjectured from it? But most importantly for us today is what does it mean for us? And it means the world to us because here's what it meant. They had just seen that morning him speak to a tree, and not just any fig tree, but a fig tree, and it died. Now Jesus is speaking about the last days, the end of time, and giving the signs, and he says, learn this lesson from the fig tree. In other words, he's saying, here's a lesson that will help answer your question as to when this is going to happen. So he says, when you, and I'm just paraphrasing now, but he basically says, so when you see the fig tree bloom, then the end will come. That generation won't even pass away, actually. And it'll come. So that's 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 because we can't set a day or an hour. It's just going to come, but it's going to come in its season and during the season of the blooming of the fig tree. Well, here's what a lot of Bible students uh, do know and what a lot of Bible students don't know. Newer ones probably don't know this. And that is God in the Old Testament uses a fig tree as the description of the nation of Israel. In four or five, no, five or six or seven different places in four or five different Old Testament books, and you can get a concordance and look it up. I don't want to bore you and go through every single one, but I promise you, God compares Israel to a fig tree, and for many reasons, it, and, and I'll get into a couple of them here in a moment, but, but he compares Israel. He says, have I not called you my fig tree? Have I not declared that you are like the fig tree? I mean, God says this in the Old Testament. So Jesus uses as a parable that day, walks up to a fig tree as they're going into Jerusalem. Now, remember, Jesus is ultimately going to the cross in in less than 48 hours, and he knows that. So he speaks judgment on a fig tree. Well, if it represents in the Old Testament Israel, what's he doing? He's speaking judgment on Israel. Well, now, there is no nationalistic Israel, but there's a kind of a fake one, if you will, Right in the middle of the Roman Empire, see, they had captured, under the Greeks, they had captured Jerusalem, and, and, and under the Persians, they had already rebuilt most of the temple, and under the Greeks, they had captured it in the Maccabean Wars, which is what Hanukkah celebrates today. And, and so, for a hundred years, they held it, but then the Roman Empire conquered the world. And the Jews of that day, they made a compact with the Roman Empire, and the Romans promised them that, look, you can have your temple, you can have the region of Judea, uh, you can have your priest, you can have your synagogues, you can have your religious ceremonies, we're just going to put a governor there, we're going to put our troops there, you're going to be under the Roman Empire, we will even give you a Jewish king over you. Well, that was King Herod, who was nothing but a Roman puppet government appointee. But, but they tried to kind of fool the Jews into thinking that they kind of had their nation back, okay? But they never did. They never really did. 
but they but but that's what they were hoping for and kind of being fooled of and so all of this time that's why the hatred for the romans grew more and more because the romans lied to them by the time i mean just imagine that the deep state lying to you can you imagine that and that's what happened to the jews they were told basically you're going to have a jewish king you're going to have your temple you're going to have your sacrifice you're going to have your synagogues you'll have your pharisees your sadducees your priests your sanhedrin council in the area of judea you can make a lot of your own laws now you can't do the death penalty unless you get uh, permission from rome which would come through the governor and that explains the whole pontius pilate deal with jesus so so in the middle of all of this They're thinking they have their Israel. But God promised them in five or six places in the Old Testament that in the last days he would bring Israel back to the land. Ezekiel 37 and 38 tell that specifically, and then how the nations eventually would line up against a returned Israel in the last days. But in the meantime, he uses the lesson of the fig tree because the fig tree represents Israel. So what he's saying is when you see Israel return, when you see Israel return, then you will know that you're getting near the end. And so I know some listeners might say, well, wait a minute. that doesn't." But, but, but yes, it, it, it does speak to us. It speaks directly to us. I, the, the scholars know this. They write about it. The classical scholars, a lot of modern-day scholars see it. They understand he was taking the lesson that he had showed them that day, that fig tree was pretending like it was a fig tree, pretending like it was producing fruit, and it wasn't. And so Jesus spoke judgment on it, and it died. But then he tells the disciples that night, but it will come back to life again, and it'll be the real thing. And when you see that happen, and especially in the summertime when the leaves are coming out and the fruit's really coming out big time, and the tree is filled with leaves and is filled with fruit, then you will know that generation won't pass away. What generation? The generation that sees the return of Israel. And that generation, that starts the clock for the last days. Now, I'm not a date setter. I don't set dates, but I know Israel returned in 1948. Okay? So that's not that long ago. And the clock is ticking, brother. It's ticking down. Now, just to give you an example, listen to this from um, F.W. Grant's uh, The Numerical Bible. Now, listen, this was written in 1830. Well, no, he was born in 1834. he He lived from 1834 to 1902. This was written before the 1900s, Well, Israel didn't even come back until 1948, but listen to what this man says. He's talking about Matthew 24, and he says, Now the Lord impresses upon his disciples the suddenness with which all of this will be accomplished. All of what? Everything he said in Matthew 24. He says, The fig tree is once more chosen as a figure of Israel. That's what I've been saying. And the fruit is that's there as soon as the leaves. Thus, the development is sudden indeed. In other words, he's saying when Israel comes back, it's going to come back suddenly. This is in the 1800s, brother. And then it goes on to say, summer in this way seems to at once set in. In other words, it's a short period of time. Israel's hope comes thus to the sudden fruitage. The very generation that sees the beginnings of these things will also see the end of time. That was written in the 1800s. Jesus spoke those words 2,000 years ago. Scholars understand it and see it. It connects to his judgment spoken on the fig tree that very day. The disciples knew what he was talking about. And when he says, and Israel's hope will come to fruitage, 
uh, Israel's hope, and all of the scholars agree, and F.W. Grant writes about it. I just don't want to bore everybody by reading a bunch of stuff to them. But Israel's hope is defined as the return of the national Israel, not a fake one that's in the middle of the Roman Empire pretending to be Israel. And then the Romans drove them all out, and they were scattered to the nations from 70 A.D. until 1948. And so what happens is, is that in one day they declared their independence. Now watch this. Kevin, I'm not trying to put you in a trick so you don't have to answer. I guess I'm asking rhetorically unless you raise fig trees. But, But do you know when fig trees bloom? They bloom, they first bloom in the month of of April and May, mm-hmm. somewhere right in there. Israel came back May 14th, hmm. 1948. They came back in the spring. They bloomed, and they bloomed instantly. And they've been there ever since, and now it's getting close to summertime. The fruit's getting thick. It's hanging off the limbs. They have impacted and are still impacting the world. They're impacting technology. They're impacting computer technology, electronics technology, warfare technology, medical technology. I mean, I could go on and on. Physics. I mean, little teeny Israel, one of the teeniest nations on the planet, one of the youngest nations on the planet. There are only 13 to 16 million Jews on the whole planet. We've got 20 five million people living in florida there's only 16 million jews on the whole planet and israel right now the return to israel contains more than half of them in israel the rest of them live most of them in the united states and and or scattered around the world i'm telling you my friend this is the clock he was talking about this is what he was talking about the scholars know it most of the churches don't know it they don't even see it and it all has to do with the return of Israel. Why is this not more common knowledge among today's Christians? You know, there's a multiplicity of reasons. Um, I just, some of it, you know, even even some pastors don't know this. Sometimes they're not taught it in, in, theological, in their theological training in Bible colleges and seminaries. And, and, um, and, and there's that. And then sometimes they do teach it and they do know it. And their parishioners or congregants uh, kind of half hear it or they don't really understand it. Maybe it's not explained well. A lot of people who sit in pews and call themselves Christians, and I'm not judging them. I, I don't know. They probably are Christians. They probably love the Lord, but they don't read their Bibles, brother. I mean, listen, when you come to that passage in Matthew 24 and Jesus says, learn the lesson of the fig tree, if you haven't read four chapters back, then you haven't made the connection. But if you've read the book of Matthew, if you've read those three or four chapters in that day, which would only take five or ten minutes, but most people don't. The only time they, they, they read their Bible, they bring a Bible to church, they open it when the preacher says, open here, they look at that one verse, they hear the little sermon on it, they go home. That's their extent of Bible knowledge. Now, I'm not talking down to all Christians here now, okay? I'm just talking, you asked a good question, and I'm giving the answer here. And so what happens is, when Jesus says, learn the lesson of the fig tree, they're thinking, what fig tree? But if they had read two chapters or three chapters before, they would have known the fig tree he cursed that day. The, fig, the very fig tree that he had just brought his judgment on. Plus, they forget that he's speaking to Jewish guys. They knew the Old Testament, that the fig tree was a symbol of Israel itself. And they watched him kill Israel that morning. Now he's pronouncing it's going to live again. And it's going to live again in the last days. And when you see it happen, all the things he said as the signs of the last days, none of those would pass away before that fig tree was finally filled and completed with all it was going to do. So 
that's a part of the answer is that a lot of people just don't know the word, and if they do, they don't know how to connect it. Some some pastors and preachers don't know. They're just not taught, or they, they don't study the word that way. Um, it's not like I'm the all-knowing one. There's a lot of scholars that have been writing about this. It's out there. It's all over the Internet. It's scholarly material. I've written about this in several of my books, several of them, The Summoning, uh, The Masquerade. Uh, they're all in there in great detail. What I'm teaching now is in that detail and even more. Um, so the material's out there, but, you know, we live in a hectic, crazy, electronic age world, Internet world, and people just feel like they don't have the time to do that kind of study. So that, that's why we have a relevant word. Mm-hmm. With Pastor Carl Gallus. <laughs> we take the word, we put it together in context, we make it relevant. And I don't just pull this stuff out of my back pocket. I, re- I appeal to scholars, scholarship, and the meaning of words and context. I did go back to chapter 21. I know what fig tree he was talking about. I did go back to the Old Testament, and I know that God calls Israel the fig tree. So when you put it all together, boom, there it is. It's- he- it's the sign of the fig tree. It's the sign of the fig tree. Thank you for sharing that with us this morning. Ah, it's my pleasure, man. And so it's all happened, and so we're living in very prophetic times. This is A Relevant Word with Pastor Carl Gallops. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you always. Now more than ever, we need to listen to God. He still speaks through His Word, the Bible. Each week, Pastor Gallops shares what the Word of God is saying. Even now, A Relevant Word. With longtime pastor and best-selling author, Carl Gallops. To access Pastor Carl and to listen to his podcast anytime, visit carlgallops.com. Thanks for listening.